almost nobody um, has their money working for them, right? And if we don't give every dollar we earn a job, it's going to find something to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And it ain't going to be productive <laughs> in uh, in most cases, right? Welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Download Podcast. In episode one hundred and one, Travis has the opportunity to interview Cody Rockow, and he's going to be talking with Cody about setting yourself up for financial success. I know many of you are probably in new leadership roles or new at you're you're in a brand new leadership role, or you aggressively want to grow wherever you're at. And, you know, as you move forward in your leadership journey, that comes with uh, financial returns, greater financial returns. And one of the most challenging things that Travis and I uh, found out is there's a lot of challenges in terms of how to manage your money, how to set yourself up for financial success. And so here's a little bit of some flavor and some education on a little bit of financials 101 so i hope you learn a lot from cody and uh really hope this adds value to you and gives you some a different flavor in terms of how to set yourself up for financial success so hope you enjoy this podcast interview with travis and cody well today i have uh cody rock out here with me cody how you doing doing great uh pleasure to be here yeah so tell us a little bit about yourself as we jump into the con- our conversation today uh, well, so I'm coming up on my 20th year um, in the financial services industry, and uh, ironically, I went to college to be a software engineer, which has very little to do uh, with being a financial advisor. Uh, but through that process, I was going to school to be a, uh, like I said, a software engineer. I was going to Rochester uh, Institute of Technology up in Rochester, New York. Thought I had my life all figured out, like some 18-year-old kids do. Uh, problem was, uh, it cost 40 grand a year to go to school, even back in 2004. So. Um, I had the distinct pleasure of borrowing $40,000, right, for my first year of school. And uh, I was in a five-year master's degree program, so 40,000 times five plus interest is a lot. Way too much. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And so it's interesting because with the benefit of hindsight, uh, starting a five-year process in 2004 would have led me to graduate in 2009 with a quarter million dollars in student loan debts um, in the worst job market in all of mankind's history, right? Yeah. And so a buddy of mine was working uh, with the financial firm I'm with, and uh, I had no interest in really pursuing this as a career, but I thought it'd be a good idea as a young person to learn how money works. And so I decided to get involved just to kind of teach myself more about investments and ended up falling in love uh, with uh, helping people, uh, making a difference, and actually left college after my first year, had a 4.0, but um, I figured, hey, if this doesn't work out in the financial industry, I can always go back to college, but let's give this thing a shot. And uh, next thing you know, 20 years later, here we are. Awesome. Well, as you, as you know, as you stated, you know, you work for Primerica. Primerica is known for its commitment to financial education and empowerment. How does the company's approach educating clients about personal finances set uh, Primerica apart from all the other financial advisors? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting question uh, because every company needs to have that niche or you know, what differentiates them, right? And so um, from, uh, from our perspective, we were founded by a high school football coach. Um, we're about as far away from Wall Street as you can get. And going back to that DNA, we always take a teach and educate first approach, do business second uh, uh, there. And so with that, our goal is to really teach people how money works because we feel that once somebody is more educated and empowered about uh, their financial life, they can make better decisions and, of course, preferably make those decisions with us as a result of us being the one that show up and teach them that. And so 
What's fascinating to me, Travis, is that uh, so I started in business in Pennsylvania, spent seven years there. We moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. I spent six years there and middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania and Albuquerque, New Mexico mm -hmm. are two of the poorest places in America. Right. Uh, so the first 15 years or so, give or take, of our career was basically convincing people they didn't have to be broke. Uh, which is tiresome in some capacities, <laughs> right? But, you know, we were, we've been teaching people this stuff for you know, a decade and a half. So we decided to move to Charlotte, North Carolina here. Completely different economic situation, right? The amount of wealth and abundance is off the charts here. And so in Pennsylvania, New Mexico, I was there for most of my clients. I was their first financial advisor. Here in Charlotte, almost everybody had a relationship in some way, shape or form with mm -hmm. some advisor or some um, broker or something at that point in time. And so what was fascinating to me here is almost universally, um, the, the, the feedback I got from people I met with here in Charlotte was, man, Cody, I've learned more in 30 minutes with you than I did in the last you know, X number of years with whoever my prior guy or gal uh, was there. And so that, that educational approach, I don't think can possibly be understated there because you know, most firms, they're not in the business of teaching and really equipping people. They're in the business of you know, making a sale and hopefully never having to talk to the client again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a regional vice president, you, you must have a pretty unique perspective on the financial challenges that a lot of families face. Can you talk some about some of the common misconceptions or misunderstandings people uh, have about managing their finances? Yeah, I think there's a prevailing belief, especially in the middle market, right? And, you know, middle market's probably a household that has between 30 and 130,000 of, uh, of annual income, what we, we define as the middle market, right? Um, there's a prevailing belief there that it's difficult or impossible to ever get wealthy or financially mm -hmm. independent, right? And so, you know, some of that stems from a, a family issue, right? Maybe their parents or grandparents, they struggled their whole life with money. Um, you know, maybe it's they look around their social circle and they don't see that happening. A lot of times, um, you know, especially right now, debt is a huge crisis in this country. We just crossed a trillion dollars in this nation in credit card balances for the first time in history, right? I, I think it's funny, by the way, some economists are saying, look, that's the strength of the consumer. They're spending money. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works, right? <laughs> and so... Um, when you have those things where, you know, people in that middle market segment, right, most of them are concerned about where is next Friday's paycheck going. It can yeah. seem difficult, right, to have a view 30 years down the road, right? But I, I think as you'd agree, you cannot possibly hit a target if, it, if the target doesn't exist. And so if you ask most people, hey, what's your, what's your financial independence number? Number one, they say, what the heck is that? Yeah. And then number two, when you explain, that's the amount of money that you have to have saved at retirement in order to live off that the rest of your life. Well, they have no idea what that number is. They've never thought about it. They've never calculated it. And for almost everyone in that market uh, there, you know, if we're in a 20 or 30 years old and we're looking at retiring 30 years down the road, it's about the most achievable thing in the world as long as we prioritize where our money's going, right? We all go to work to make money. But almost nobody um, has their money working for them, right? And if we don't give every dollar we earn a job, it's going to find something to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And it ain't going to be productive in, uh, in most cases, right? Absolutely. You know, so for our, our audience, you know, our, we, we focus a lot on young leaders. So a lot of like, young leaders are just getting into potentially their first position where maybe they are making a uh, significant amount of money for the first row, where they view as significant what are some of the key financial principles that you believe are crucial for individuals to understand and implement, hopefully early on, but you know, regardless of their financial situation, these are things they need to be paying attention to? 
Yeah, it's big, right? And on a paraphrase here, but the Bible says, you know, if we can be trusted with a little, we can eventually be trusted with a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you look at that, um, if we can be disciplined when our income is low, it's very easy disciplined when our income is large, right? Yeah. You know, if we're making twenty thousand a year, tithing two thousand dollars is no big deal, right? Right. If we're making a hundred grand a year, writing a check for ten thousand, that that feels more painful, right? That's a that's a car payment. Absolutely. Right. And so it's the same thing with our financial life, right? That when we figure out those important numbers and dates in our life, and we know the financial independence number, we know our debt freedom date, we know the critical pieces of our life, and we automate those uh, there, um, we can really um, you know, just flip the script on what the outcome is going to be. It's, you know, it's interesting. When you get a paycheck, right? If you're a W-2 employee and you get a paycheck, right? Uh, your gross pay is whatever, but nobody gets a, a paycheck from their gross pay, right? Right. And it's, it's the net pay, right? That's right. And so that's why they called the gross pay. It's kind of gross. You never yeah. see it. Uh, right. Um, but if you think about it, most of that difference between your gross pay and net pay goes to the government. Right. right. Well, well, why do you think the government um, forces you to have your money withheld out of your paycheck? Because you'll probably not have it. At the end of the year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because when it comes tax time, they're going to chase your butt for it. That's they, right. Yeah. And so, you know, if the government sees fit to take their money first off the top, right? Right. Um, most people, um, you know, when they get their paycheck, they say, well, I got to pay my rent or my mortgage. I got to I got to pay my car payment. I got to pay my car insurance. Like, I got to pay all these things. Right. Right. But and if you think about it. Um, if, if we're not going to work to eventually be able to stop working, well, why the heck are we going to work? Right. And so now, in my opinion is the most important bill or expense you have is yourself. Mm. Right. And so um, we got to look at that as investing in ourselves, that first money we make, right? Yeah, you got to pay your taxes, you, you got to tithe, right? But after that, um, our family is our most important bill, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, does that mean, you know, maybe we don't need the 500 channel cable TV package? Well, maybe, right? Does that mean we don't need the 10th latte uh, this month? Well, well, maybe, right? And so, you know, sacrifice, um, I think that word gets abused, right? That's just delayed gratification, right? Yeah, because yeah, they're going to pay now and play later or play now and pay later. And you know, most people choose to play now and pay later, not even realizing the consequences of those actions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that this younger generation has struggled with, too, is the, the immediate gratification, uh, the need to have it now. You know, I, I like what you just said, because, you know, John, John Maxwell always said, you know, you, you could pay now and you could definitely play later and enjoy it or you can. You could play now and, and pay later, but it's always going to cost a right. lot more than when you pay later. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, just, it's a lot to be learned there. Because um, in America, right, um, you have to choose your heart, right? It's really yeah. hard being broke, and it's really hard to be rich, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of America. You get to choose your heart. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You know, Primerica emphasizes the importance of a strong financial foundation. Can you explain what this means and how individuals can go about building and maintaining this foundation? Yeah, I mean, uh, so so building a financial house is is no different than building a real house, right? I mean, can you imagine, you know, if you were going like, to build a house, right, and you go to the builder and you say, Travis, listen, I need I need marble countertops, right? I I, I mean, I want a chandelier like you've never seen before, <laughs> right? Now I need a sixteen car garage. I mean, but, but listen, the foundation, you know, cut costs there. I don't care. What yeah, <laughs> that guy's going to look like 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 a three heads, right? It don't make yeah. no sense, right? And so that's the same thing with building a strong financial uh, foundation, right? That we got offense and defense in our life, right? And so um, everybody likes playing offense, right? It's, it's, it's sexy thinking about the idea of investing and growing our wealth. And, and that's important, right? 
But before we can plan for what happens when things go right, we have to first plan for what happens when things go wrong, right? Right. And that's the not sexy part of financial planning, right? We got to make sure we have a fully funded emergency fund, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, having kids, right? It's not a question of if, but when. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a matter of time. <laughs> stuff pops up, right? <laughs> um, you know, uh, home ownership is a key piece of wealth, but... When you are a homeowner, you know, stuff pops up. My, my, my eight-year-old just flooded our upstairs bathroom, right? And you know what happens when you flood the upstairs bathroom? It floods the downstairs. Yeah, it floods the gravity, right? Works 100% of the time, right? That's right. Yeah, so you got to have an emergency fund, right? Because you're either going to experience a problem um, or a situation in your life. I learned a long time ago there's a big difference between the two, right? So a problem uh, there is something that money can't fix. And there, and there are problems in our yeah. life, you know, health problems, things like that. But for most things, they're really situations. And so I was taught a long time ago, every time you have an adversity in your life, you ask yourself, is this a problem or a situation? And because if you can write a check to solve it, well, it's a situation, right? Uh, in the last month, we were involved in three car crashes. Long story, uh, right? My kid flooded our bathroom. And like, you know, that stuff is a pain in the butt to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. but, but ultimately, they're, they're situations because you can write a check and solve it and move on, right? But if you're not financially prepared, for those situations, they turn into problems because if you can't write the check, now you have not just the financial burden, but the emotional burden of trying to navigate through that, right? Mm -hmm. So a fully funded emergency fund, you know, the proper protection, all that stuff is critical. And once we've got that foundation in place, you, you, you move to a point of confidence becomes you start to become bulletproof financially, right? Because if you can write a check, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what life throws at you. And when life does throw stuff at you, you know, you just take care of it and move on. Mm. You know, in your experience, what are some of the most impactful stories? I'm sure you've had the privilege. I know you've shared with me um, just from like the life insurance side, the, one of the greatest, like obviously sad the person passing, but one of the joys that you had has been able to deliver, um, you know, checks to people with the passing of someone who was on a, on a life insurance policy. Uh, what are some of the, what's one of the, maybe one or two stories that you've seen or clients you've witnessed really have? massive turnarounds and makes it so rewarding. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point, right? And, and it really is fascinating, right? Because you can show people charts and figures and plans all day long, but until you actually experience it yourself, it's, it's different, right? Yeah. So to your first point there, early in my career, um, is back in Pennsylvania, we had a, a farmer as a client because that's what people did in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, is they <laughs> farmed, right? And so you know, we sat down with them and we put some insurance in place and uh, um, about, about a week after the policy was issued, got a friend a call from the, you know, the wife, the, the now widow that, oh my gosh, passed oh, away. Oh, wow, that quick. Yeah. And so, you know, a week later, we showed up with, a, you know, a, a sizable check, right? Multiple six figures. And you, you can't replace the person, but you can replace the economic benefit they were bringing into the house, right? And so that was earlier in our career, and that was a huge eye opener. And then you look on the other side of things about building wealth. I can just go through, at this point, dozens of examples of people that we sort of worked with back in, you know, 04, 05, 06, that... Um, yeah, that the now you know they have net worths you know well over seven figures. They're at or in retirement, and you know these are not like wealthy people, right? These are people right. that in most cases have never made more than a hundred thousand dollars a year in their, in, their, in their life, but they've been able to accumulate what I would consider you know very significant wealth because of those concepts that we taught them. And to one of your prior you know points there that you know the people that would be absolutely ignored by a traditional wealth management firm, right? Now that they have a million dollars, they'd be happy to talk to them, mm -hmm. but they didn't care when they had $10,000. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's a big deal um, there. And so um, it, it, it's one thing to look at a little chart on a paper and say, hey, if you do this, you'll have this. And, that, and that's, that's, that's cool. But then watching that actually happen is a, is a whole, whole other story mm -hmm. there. 
and the gratitude that comes along with the client I'm too. I'm sure, right? yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, with the world constantly evolving, things are changing, uh, you know, politics, I mean, all the things like, you know, what are some of the things that uh, Primerica are doing to adapt uh, to strategies and to make sure, you know, that they're changing with the times, that they're up to, they're up to date to make sure they're serving their clients the best? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and, and this may not be the answer you'd expect, but almost absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because back in 1977, when we were founded, uh, being debt-free was better than being in debt, mm. right? Um, money invested is better than money in a bank, right? Term insurance is better than whole life. Those foundational truths were true in 1977, and they're true today in 2023, right? Our ability to deliver those solutions has changed and adapted and, you know, and, and become quicker, better, faster, all those kind of things. Yeah. But the core of what's the right thing to do with my money it doesn't matter if it's 50 years ago when we were founded or 50 years in the future, right? The, 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 the process of we need a plan to get debt free. We got to protect our family in case we die along the way and have a plan to get financially independent in our lifetime. The, 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 those fundamentals never change. And one of the reasons I'm still here with this firm 20 years later is because we don't follow fads, right? This industry is full of fads, right? Oh, yeah. you know, I've been in business long enough now to see um, you know, two real estate crises, right? Um, you know, back in 2007, everybody and their brother was a realtor or a mortgage broker. Right. And, 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 and I've now noticed that if everybody, you know, has a real estate license or a mortgage broker's license, we're in for a rough time. Right. <laughs> uh, last year, that, that's what we saw. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now everybody that became a realtor all of a sudden ain't a realtor anymore. Right. Yep. Um, you know, mortgage brokers incomes are down 50, 60, 70 more, more percent layoffs like crazy. Right. And so as there's those uh, you know, cycles that uh, that go through uh, that, I guess, that you know, kind of bring that full circle uh, there, prudent financial principles don't have cycles or fads, right? The right thing is always the right thing, no matter what's going on in the economy mm. around us. So that's, that's a very interesting statement because I wasn't expecting that because, you know, in a lot of other industries, it, they are evolving, they have to change, but the principles stay the same. And, yeah. and, you know, this, maybe there's a couple of different ways that things are done, but they all stay the same. Good stuff. So what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their journey towards financial stability? Like I said, we, we talk to leaders and that's why I thought this was such a great connection here. You know, we're talking to leaders, people who are really just getting their feet wet. Um, so, so what are some of the specific things you would say, okay, you know, you're just starting to get, you just had your first child or you're just getting into your first home. Um, you're just starting to make significant money for the first time. What are some things you would say that you definitely need to do? First things first. Yeah, well, uh, I think you'd probably agree. It's really difficult, maybe impossible, to lead others if you can't successfully lead yourself. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, the, 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 this idea of our money uh, there—that's. I don't think we typically look at our personal finances as a as a leadership uh, situation, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty firmly committed to the fact that it is right because you know if, if some, I mean it's a math equation right yeah. there's x amount of dollars coming in and uh, we need to do you know y things with that money to get the maximum return right problem is right uh, we're not robots we're humans right <laughs> right and so if we were all robots you know we would just put an excel spreadsheet called day and uh, everybody would get wealthy right um, and so we, we've got to be able to have that discipline in our lives financially just like we'd have that discipline in any other arena uh, with that uh, there and so you know, uh, that blocking and tackling um, of uh, the basics, you know, I, I think, really starts uh, with a budget, right? And so, you know, you go talk to most financial advisors, there's no conversation about budget. The question is, do you have money to invest? Yes, we'll work together. No, well, then come back when you do, right? Mm. And so something as foundational as budgeting uh, there, 
I mean, there, there, there's no revenue in teaching somebody how to budget, right? But if they can budget, you know, they can start to get debt free. They can start to build wealth. They're eventually revenue down the road with that. So um, it, 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 kind of going back to the very beginning of the conversation here, those little tiny things, if we can master those, it becomes shockingly easy yeah. to master the big things that actually have an impact. That's good stuff. So, um, you know, it would, be, it would be remiss for me not to mention this, that, you know, Primerica also places a strong emphasis on entrepreneurship and building a business. Can you share kind of briefly some of the things that uh, Primerica offers to help kind of start your, potentially if you were wanting to start your own business, well, how could Primerica help with that? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, because we are unique in that, in that field. We recently um, brought an advisor over uh, from, a, from a big wirehouse firm and uh, a multi-decade career in the industry. And... Uh, very successful, but uh, but ultimately was an employee, right? And that's a uh, one of his perspectives is wow, there's such an entrepreneurial spirit around uh, mm -hmm. around here, right? And so I, I, I don't think it really matters what industry you're starting a business in. It takes a certain set of skills to be successful as an entrepreneur in any industry, right? Right. And so you know we were talking a little bit before we you know got started uh, here, but when you go into business for yourself, uh, there there's there, there has to be a period by definition where you're overworked and underpaid, mm. right? Uh, before you can eventually be underworked and overpaid uh, there. And that's the reason why most people are not business owners. Most people don't move into leadership, right? Because that transition is, is uncomfortable for almost every, certainly was for me, mm. right? Um, because this financial stuff is pretty black and white, right? Yeah. But the, the dealing with people stuff, that's messy, right? Especially if you're going to hire and train and you know develop somebody um, and teach them how to do this or anything uh, there, right? Working with people, that was, that was a big challenge. Uh, for me, so a lot of you know my early career, a lot of uh, the people that we're working with their early career, it's yeah we got to learn this financial stuff, but we really got to learn how to be a leader and move people um, because you know people that fit into a cog in the machine they're a dime a dozen, mm -hmm. right? People that you know um, uh, one of my favorite sayings is the most the scarcest resource in America today is leadership. Uh, yeah. There, right, and so um, I mean, <laughs> you can look at that in the political realm. I mean, what a clown show uh, that exactly. is, both sides <laughs> of the aisle. In a lot of cases, right, um, you, you look at the number of just high-profile business failures uh, recently. Um, you know, like uh, like like WeWork, right? I mean, or uh, just you know, there's so many things where it, it's difficult for people uh, to to put the, 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 really trust somebody because everybody talks a good game and almost nobody delivers, right? And so if you can combine those two aspects that you become a person of your word, you do what you say you're going to do, like you beat 80% of people. No, that's, that's half the battle. Yeah, it really is, right? Um, and so then, um, and then going beyond that, right, how are you serving uh, the client, right? Mm -hmm. Are you giving somebody an experience where they can't wait to tell somebody? Have you been to eat, I'll eat at a restaurant lately? My wife and I were talking about this the other day. We were absolutely convinced that there's a real chance that my children will never experience good service in a restaurant the rest of their lives. Mm. It's abysmal. Uh, there. It's getting worse and worse, yes. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> and in an industry where you get paid based on your quality of service, you think there would be a direct correlation yeah. there, right? But, you know, you look at BC, right, you know, before COVID, uh, after COVID, it's like a light switch got Oh, yeah, right? sure. Yeah, and so um, it's so easy to it's it's e it's easier to win, in my opinion, in business today than any time I've been in in, in this world uh, because you don't have to do as much to stand out as you mm. used to, right? I mean, just doing what you say you're going to go do, go above and beyond a little bit, and it's such a refreshing breath of breath air, mm. uh, uh, refreshing breath air that you know people are just staggered by the fact that you actually give a crap uh, these days. If that makes any sense at all, there. Yeah. 
So we'll we'll wrap with this one. Um, you know, finally, is what is there any particular quote or mantra of pieces of advice that you would has been an instrumental to you in your own journey? Yeah, um, you know, I think that's uh, I think winning is an inside job, right? Um, you know, the, the battle is won and lost in the twelve inches between our ears, right? And um, uh, there's uh, there's a book uh, you know called what, uh, what what to say when you talk to yourself, right? Um, if we talk to other people the way that we talk to ourselves. I, I think most of us wouldn't have a lot of friends. Exactly. Right. And so, um, you know, and, and, and you, you talked earlier uh, about you know we're in a, we're in a microwave society, right? People yeah. want instant gratification, right? And that's more prevalent than certainly any time in history. Uh, there, that if we can just calm down a second, right? Figure out really what it is we want in life, right? We we, we live in an era, unlike any other time in human history, where everything you want to learn is available for free on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Show me something you couldn't learn how to do on YouTube. Exactly. Right. And so there's not a lack of information. Right. All the books have already been written. There's just not enough readers uh, out to, out there. Right. So um, we don't need more inf information, inspiration. In most cases, what we need to do is take what we've got right now and do something uh, with it. Right. Um, I hear all the time that you know well, I'll do this when this happens. Right. Well, when that happens, there's the next milestone or crisis coming up down the road, right? And so, um, so many people let perfect be the enemy of good, mm. right? And so, um, and we do that, we get stuck in the rut, right? You, just, you look around at the, uh, the five people you spend the most time with, and you take their average income, that's your income. That's who you are. That's who you are, right? For better or for worse, right? So... You know, um, taking those baby steps, right? How, how, how can I grow that, that, that sphere of influence around me, right? Like, is there someone in your life right now that's a little uncomfortable uh, for you to spend time with, right? And most people are going to say no to that question. And, and, and that's just a death knell for growth, right? Um, because, you know, if you want to, you know, do better in the gym, you have someone to push you, right? You oh, someone yeah. better in, in business, you have someone that's, that's there to push you in a very positive, healthy way. So that's probably four things as opposed to one thing. But uh, I don't know if that's... Uh, <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So as we wrap, um, you know, if there's somebody out there who who wants to learn more about, you know, becoming financially free and, you know, maybe they want to sit down with someone on your team or so connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, they can go to our website, uh, CodyRockOut.com. Um, if you can figure out how to spell rock out, you get bonus points. And uh, <laughs> right out of the get-all, I'm sure you'll put that out there. It's yeah. uh, uh, there. But yeah, no, go on there. It's good to connect. Obviously, we've got a social media presence um, as well, like uh, everyone uh, these uh, these days. But uh yeah, no, that would be that would be the best way to uh, to connect it through our website. Excellent. Well, as we wrap up, one of the things we like to do is we do a little lightning round of, of a couple of questions that are more on the fun side, just nice. as a uh, as a closer to get to know you better. First question is more of a, a academical question: is what are you reading right now, or what have you read lately that you would recommend to others? Uh, so I've been reading uh, jo some Jordan Rayner uh, right now, and uh, it's uh, it's really some faith based uh, time management uh, tips. And I've, I like to think I'm good at time management, uh, but I've learned there's a lot I have to grow in that uh, in that area. And another book called Getting Things Done, which you're probably familiar with. Okay. Uh, there, um, it's the whole system, uh, GTD, as they as they call it there. So I realized that uh, we could grow our product productivity exponentially just by being more focused in that area. Mm. Uh, what's a bucket list item that's left on the bucket list for Cody Rockow? Uh, so my last name, Rockow, right? German, which I appreciate pronouncing that correctly. It's not the French Rochelle, but the nice German <laughs> Rockow uh, there. So over in Austria, there's a town called uh, Rockow. Okay. Uh, there, so we've got four boys. So as they get a little older, we're going to take the family over there. We're going to get a picture in front of the "Welcome to Rockau" sign. That's awesome uh, over in Austria <laughs> uh, there. 
And then, the, and then the last question uh, we'll we'll pick today is dead or alive. Who would you like to have lunch with? Ooh, dead or alive? Who would I have uh, have lunch with? Um, I would. Uh, let to pick one. Can I pick two? You can pick two. I can pick two. Um, <laughs> you know, just I, I I I'd be remiss in this industry if I if, if I didn't say Warren Buffett, right? Um, okay. I spent some time with him and. Uh, you know, probably you know, the, the, this generation's greatest investor. Love to spend some time uh, with uh, with him, and um, just uh, um, you know, just given the current um, you know uh, climate that we live in, I think it'd be fascinating to spend a uh, uh, grab lunch with Donald Trump uh, yeah. there, and to uh, you know, good, bad, and indifference uh, there. You know, there's never been a more polarizing figure in uh, in my lifetime uh, than uh, than him, and so just uh, you know, cut through the the noise that you hear all surrounding him to kind of see exactly from his perspective. Uh, what uh, the last 10 years have looked like, I think would be fascinating. Awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to connect with you again in the future. I appreciate you. Thanks for having us. Well, I hope this podcast episode with Cody added value to your leadership and gives you some awesome expertise and knowledge in terms of how to set yourself up for financial success. If you want to connect with Cody or find out more about the work he does, you can find out more in the podcast description. There's a links that you can connect with him and uh, hope this podcast really added value to you. And if you want to continue to connect with the podcast, feel free to subscribe and also give us a review or comment on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you want to connect with us uh, also with our leadership company, we offer support at all levels of the organization. We offer individual support. We offer team support and also company-wide support. And we're able to provide solutions to you uh, to help empower you and the organization that you're a part of. So we offer various types of training solutions, uh, both in-person, online and also a combination of both and we're also available for speaking engagements as well so hopefully you can connect with us at tcadvisorgroup.com and you can schedule a free discovery call with us to spend some time to um, go through your pain points and happy to have a chat on whatever uh, thing that you're struggling with whether it be in your in your leadership Thank you so much for tuning in to the Leadership Download Podcast, and we'll catch you next week on the next episode.